0: gentlemen, welcome to Eastern Conference Confidential, episode 12. Uh, your favorite and the best podcast about the Eastern Conference of the United Soccer League. Um, I'm your host, Evan Malala, joining me as always, Ryan Allen and Brendan Norty. Guys, how we doing?
1: Uh, pretty good. Getting a little, uh, you know, in my fingers. Can't wait to start actually covering the league instead of covering what the league might be this year.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun.
2: I'm doing pretty well as, as well. Uh, Tottenham won today against Southampton, so definitely boosted my day. I guess Red, that is
0: going to be your thing. Cause like, for the one Tottenham reference I'll make
1: for episode. There but, you
0: well, go, all right. I mean, my
1: out. weekend was framed by seeing the absolute um, sorrow um confusion and frustration on the faces of the Arsenal fans. Um, that's kind of the way I go with my, my sport fandom. I kind of take joy okay. from the sadness. Others,
2: Mm. (laughs) I like seeing the dueling planes over the hawthorns, both asking for uh, Vecnir's firing and hire. So
1: I I can't wait to see um, the guys from the Pro Rel for USA campaign try to claim credit for starting plane banners as a trend in modern football.
0: Oh, good, Yeah, yeah. So
1: that they can misattribute all these other world events to themselves.
0: Yes. So, so my theory about the banners. Uh, welcome to 3PL, by the way, the, the Beautiful Game Network Premier League show that we're not a part of at all, but we're apparently grifting their entire... Uh, anyway, my uh, no, my, my theory is that Arsene Wenger actually paid both people for the banners just to to really cause a, a ruckus, if you will. Um, that, that be- before
1: that, enough people weren't talking about whether he right, was going right, to... Right. to go no, to not,
0: not sure. at all, not at all. He's like, oh, it's two more. Um... <laughs> I mean that would make a
1: little bit of sense because his only comment after the game today was, I've made a decision. I will let you know what that decision is in the future. He's it's gonna like, fly the plane
0: okay. that has his man, we're still talking about this. He's gonna fly the plane that has his decision on it over the Emirates this weekend. He's gonna have his
1: entire contract written out in in the uh, plane's context.
0: It's like alright, one My day, uh, I will not beat Tottenham for two years. Um all right, all right. Oh, Jesus. All right, we need to stop. Um, oh, USL. Guys, it's, U- it's almost our yeah. season. It's almost here. Well, not for Brendan or I, but for the league, it's almost here. Um, I, let's talk about player signings, and then we'll, we'll get into the good stuff. Uh, yeah, um, what do we got here? Uh, we'll, we'll get the Colgate guy out of the way. Uh, Red Bull 2 picked up Ethan Cutler, who was the, the, the first team, the full-grown Bulls, if you will. Um, the second-round pick, 39th overall. Colgate University graduate. Um, what do we got here? Uh, NSCAA All-Northeast Region Honors. Uh, his sophomore, junior, and senior years. Um, first team last year. Patriot League Tournament MVP and ECAC Division I All-Star. Um, is from Cooperstown probably likes baseball maybe not who knows um 81 career points which is second all time in colgate's record books um yeah we'll see um john woniac likes them which is probably good um brendan i know you're a big fan of colgate
1: uh yeah uh rochester rhino sometime club captain mike garzy who's returning for i don't know i've lost count um His uh, maybe fifth season with the Rhinos. Uh, He played four years at Colgate. I'm pretty sure I saw him tweeting about about Cutler during the draft.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, Again, you know, Red Bull too. We were talking a little bit before the show started, but like that's one of those clubs where they they build the team up in about two or three weeks. I'd say in (laughs) February or March. That's not. I mean, it's working for them. I guess. Um And then they uh, send the guys to the first team that they want in the first team and tear the rest down and then build it back up again.
1: Yeah, um, it's, not, it's not really it's not a mistake that no, they no, aren't no, bringing no. that many guys back from their title-winning um, campaign. They did the same thing after 2015, which was yep. less successful after the loss through Rochester in the playoffs. But, I mean, that's, that's the way they operate. They dismantle the roster every year, get a bunch of new guys in, trying to impress and show that they have the potential to make an impact at the MLS level.
2: I mean, they know what they're doing. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most efficient MLS academies in the league, and I would argue it's probably one of the best in the Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah, and you consider every year some kid, whether it's you know, 14, 15, or 16, 17, leaves the Red Bulls Academy and goes to Europe, um, Manchester United the as, a, Union. as a kid. <laughs> right. Well, that, that, that usually waits until after Red Bulls have a chance to evaluate their potential mm. to make an impact in MLS and then let them go. <clears throat> but um, yeah, Red Bulls definitely have a plan, and they're implementing that plan. Yeah. Regardless of whether uh, Red Bulls' two fans, if they are, if they exist, um, you know, they mm-hmm. might prefer the roster be constructed earlier. But
0: uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. This is, uh, show notes you make me laugh. DC United both cares about player development and acknowledges its USL affiliate sends five guys to Richmond uh, yeah no good good use of your affiliate um, who who were those five guys and do we are we a fan of any of them
1: um, I mean clearly the the star of that those five players would be um, us u17 international Chris Durkin who played hmm. I think one game last year um, maybe a that sounds about right. Um, but he's coming back. Same coaching staff. They know a little bit more about how he plays. Um, and this is a, it's a pretty great environment for a young guy who, I mean, his future is going to be with the United because it's a team that doesn't really put it together every year. Oh. Um, so if you have an exciting young player, why not develop him, get him minutes, playing a similar role for Richmond. Um, so then he's that much better when he actually is called upon at the MLS level. Um, other MLS teams around the Eastern Conference haven't quite been as proactive, but um, I think a little bit of the, uh, you don't need to hash out and negotiate details so much between clubs like Richmond and D.C. who had a working relationship before the USL-MLS partnerships began in 2013. Um, So, you know, they're kind of on the same page with player development.
0: Yeah. Um again, you know, that's one of those clubs where DC doesn't own Richmond. Um, and yet they still use them better than most. I was gonna say appropriately, but I don't think that's right enough, if that makes sense. Um
2: Yeah, I would liken it to Colorado Charlotte Partnership, which is another yeah. successful or I would from what I've heard it's Mostly successful in between sending players back and forth between both clubs. Yep.
0: Um, that one's weird though, because like it, it shouldn't work that well. Um, I know, you know, the tie between those two teams is in the front office, um, in terms of why they linked up. But it, yeah, no, it, for the distance between the two, they they make it work out really well. Um. Ryan, do you want to take any of these? I'll go with the... Oh, yeah, you um, got your boy.
2: Tr- uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was actually at boy. the uh, NCFC Charlotte Independence friendly couple or last week, which ended up being a 4-4 draw with Charlotte getting all four in the first half. And uh, former Wilmington Hammerheads player Zev Talblee signed with the Charlotte Independence after uh, making an appearance in that friendly's second half. So I definitely think it's a good signing. He was a very popular player in Wilmington and... Always gives a hundred percent in a lot of, in pretty much every match he plays in. Um, next is, one. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Is uh, is him signing with Charlotte putting you off North Carolina FC even more? <laughs>
2: I'm just, anything that benefits Carolina soccer is great. It's interesting to see where all the former Hammerhead players go. I know Austin Mar, who featured heavily with the Hammerheads last year, signed with Orlando City B, and there's actually another former Hammerhead player. I heard that signed with Charleston and their grouping of signs of Brian Anuka, who played with them in 2015. To just kind of yeah. add a cycle towards the Charleston signings. Transition.
0: There you
1: go. Yeah, I mean the other um, the other signing that Charleston made um, was a uh, like a Japanese midfielder, um, Kataro Higashi, um, and he he impressed in the Carolina Challenge Cup. So he's been in preseason with them since God it feels like <laughs> that that preseason tournament happened in like November, but um, <laughs> yeah. he's been training with the battery a lot and they're they brought back so many guys from a pretty successful season last year that you know they had the ability they could afford to be picky with who they signed from preseason trialists because mm-hmm. they only need you know two or three guys at any at any um position to look at uh, so i think they're they're both players that can offer something um to a pretty decent returning lineup for for the battery
0: yeah, yeah the continuity be there. Yeah, that's the continuity there is going to be a big thing for them. Um, they were in a bad club last year, and you know, having that many guys, especially in a league like USL, where a lot of the teams don't, um, having a lot of those guys come back, uh, and just you know, from that first training session in preseason, they already kind of know each other. Um, that's huge, and that's a you know, um, big thing to look out for 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 Charleston. Um, yeah, Harrisburg signed four guys from the, from the area. Um, what do we got?
1: I think three of them were rookies and one of them yeah. featured sparingly last year for... Yeah, John, John
0: Grosh, uh, Griffin Libhard, Mike Ola, and Jake Bond. Um, Grosh was with Drexel and Philly. That's where actually, uh, Ken Tribbett played. They would have been teammates for a little bit, um... Freshman sophomore year for garage, I think. Um, Seventy seven appearances for the Dragons over four years, thirty seven starts in his junior and senior year. Um, Limbaugh played for West Virginia, um, and actually he came up through the City Islanders Academy, which is funny because his quote talks about how, um, you know, like oh it's really cool to like play for you know like the players and coaches who I grew up watching, which isn't true at all because like <laughs> none of them have been there. Well, maybe Bill's been there. <laughs>
1: Ever, <laughs> yeah. Other than Bill, Bill's okay. Bill's always been there.
0: Right. So other than the head coach, you know, <laughs> there's no one that's picture that's, of the there, signing, that's been he's there. He's always
1: been there. But, um...
0: Yeah. Um, and then Bond was, uh... <laughs> that's gotta be a, a tough break for him. One appearance for St. Louis FC, uh, was with St. Louis Lions and Kitsap Pumas. Um, Kitsap's a pretty big PDL team. Um, and then, uh... Ola I'm kinda interested in. He might be uh if if uh Aaron Wheeler gets gets hit like he did when Harrisburg played Bethlehem midweek, uh Ola might see uh a good bit of playing time. But uh forty goals, fourteen assists at Montclair State. Um Which isn't that where Red Bull two are gonna play? I feel like I'm gonna I'm mixing up these colleges again in New York, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. But no, that's a that's a group of guys who should be pretty. Um, it'll be interesting to see them develop for sure. Um, I we talk a lot of negative about Harrisburg on the podcast, but I think Bill beecher has been the coach there as long as he has because <laughs> he does something right. Um, right, for, for well, all the negative that things that we, we say
1: about Harrisburg and all the jokes we make, and I think they're <laughs> the butt of just about every joke I make on the show. They're uh, close. They, I mean, they're not seller dwellers. They can compete whether
0: you know, mm. they're
1: on the cusp of the playoffs. I mean, they've made the finals twice in the past, like, seven years.
0: And y- you never, and I, I don't know if this is your experience, but you, you never, um, or either of your experiences, uh. You never hear a coach or a player after they play Harrisburg go. Oh yeah, that was easy.
1: Right. They never. You know, make like it if, easy. if nothing
0: else, they're if nothing else, they're a physical team and they stay compact and they 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 make it hard for you. Um,
2: yeah, and, yeah, and, and
1: Becker has, has a track record. has a track record through his career of taking players, and you know, at the end of two years with him in Harrisburg, they're better players that go on to higher leagues. and They make more money somewhere else. Right. Uh, I mean that's why players still go to Harrisburg even though everybody thinks the club is a joke. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that being said, <laughs> guys, it's a uh, it's regular season action next weekend, and and uh, Ryan, uh, well no, we're all in the same boat this week. Uh, none of us have a team that's playing. Which will be the case for Ryan every week This year <laughs> mm-hmm. um, But yeah, Brendan, uh, our two teams Just so happen to play each other The f- uh, second week of the season For Bethlehem's home opener on the first So we get a, uh, we get a week Of of uh, Not having to Write about these matches, but still Having to watch them um, So that being said, we have our own Little uh, uh, spreadsheet full of Predictions here Um and we're gonna start today keeping track of how terrible we are at figuring out who's gonna win <laughs> soccer games based on nothing. Um, I will. I'm gonna do this in order of which I have the games written down on the spreadsheet, which might not be the same one you guys are looking at. It is not. Okay. Um, so we got Richmond versus Harrisburg first in 2016. Uh, they played a home and home. Harrisburg lost to Richmond three uh, nothing. Ryan, is that home team first? Yeah. Okay, uh, in Harrisburg or Lancaster. Uh, and then uh, Richmond got them 3-1 in the Valley. Uh, so that's 6-1 over, over two games. Um, I guess, Ryan, will start with you. Uh, who you got?
2: That's another tough one. I mean, Richmond seems like they lost talent over the offseason, and Harrisburg, mm-hmm. he, as we were just talking about, brings back players and has solid development. So I'll go with uh, 1-1 draw.
0: Boring. Boring, boring, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, you can't look past the, the quality that Richmond brings every year. Um, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say Chris Durkin's going to have a hat-trick, but, I mean, I think <laughs> Richmond has too much for Harrisburg, um, as they oh, have routinely uh, over the past few seasons.
0: So, I, what do you got?
1: Oh, a score. Oh, we need a score line. Uh, yeah, kinda. Yeah, three one.
0: All right. Um. Yeah. So that's the thing, and like, I'm gonna sound like a huge hypocrite. Um, for as much for as much praise on 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 Bill and and Harrisburg for being able to bring in all those all those local guys, because I mean, for what it's worth, there's a good bit of talent within two three hours of, of harrisburg out in philly there's a couple you know villanova temple and, and drexel are all pretty decent soccer schools um that being said i think those guys are a lot of question marks yet especially first weekend um i wasn't terribly impressed with what i saw from a midweek um and i don't think that's going to be good enough to beat richmond uh, also, the departure of Kiesel Broom, I think, is a big one that not a lot of people are thinking about right now and/or or, uh, mentioning. Um, I'll take Richmond two one. Um, next one I have is uh, Pittsburgh versus the reigning and defending USL Cup champions uh, New York Red Bull two. Um, I'm just gonna keep talking, I guess. Uh, Red Bull two at home one uh, nil over Pittsburgh and then in Pittsburgh they got a 3-1 victory um again like it's one of those things where like we don't know a whole lot about Red Bull 2 um because of the nature of that team and what they do in terms of of uh feeding the first team um and I wish when I talked to Jake they would have had more than four people on their roster now so he could have given me something uh uh I like... I, this is, this is going to be dumb. I'm going to look so dumb. I'll take Pittsburgh one uh, nothing. actually. Um, I like who they brought in. I think they score goals. Mike Sparks really likes me, and I would like to keep <laughs> it that way. So, uh, yeah, 1-0 to the Hound. Please.
1: Yeah, in a similar vein, I don't think um, whatever players Red, Bull's, Red Bull brings in are um, going to have enough time to develop any chemistry. Mm-hmm. The, the guys who... Would have that chemistry are going to be training with the senior team. Um, Tyler yeah. Adams, I think, was a an unused substitute in tonight's game. Based on some of Sean Davis's att- uh, attempted tackles and some of his errant passes, um, <laughs> you know, it might be Tyler <laughs> Adams' time for the senior team. Um, yeah. And there's injury issues at left back, so a, a third choice left back, I think, was starting tonight. Justin Bilyeu, who's who spent a lot of time playing with the the two team. Um, so
0: yeah. Etienne also uh, was, was on the bench. Yeah.
1: So he he came off in that game. I think he started once. He came off the bench twice so far this season. Yep. So I mean, these are guys who should be you you might expect would be back with the Red Bull 2, and they're in the fold with the senior team. Um, so I think the consistency that Pittsburgh will be able to have after they nail down a lot of the pieces in their roster. Um, I mean, there's just going to be more chemistry there. There's going to be it's going to be a team that looks like they're ready for the their, for the regular season. It's
2: Red Bulls are probably mm-hmm. still gonna be in preseason mode, uh, two one. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to disagree with chemistry. I mean, we've seen team or MLS two teams just throw together a roster at the last point hand to one Western conference team that still only had four people on their roster a week before their yeah. opening match. But yeah. I'm off the site before or agree with you guys on on just building the chemistry in Pittsburgh. At least looks like they've tried to rejuvenate their roster this year. I'll go 2 0, Pittsburgh, shutting out the defending champs in the opener.
0: Brendan, I'm a terrible person. What was your scoreline?
1: Uh, 2 1. Great. So I think Brendan Allen can still do Brendan Allen things?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian, do you want to talk about the next one?
2: Louisville, St. Louis
0: sure
2: yeah so for louisville st louis and they played two matches last year which was a western conference eastern conference crossover louisville won both by a combined score of seven to one but st louis of course comes back with precky an entire new list of players from western conference experience and all over the usl i think it's a really good matchup to kick off the usl season at two o'clock on that Saturday, so I'll go two two draw for the um second place team from the Eastern Conference.
0: You love you love a good draw, don't you?
1: <laughs> Oof, this one this one feels like a college paper. I'm gonna write my way into my thesis statement. Uh-oh. <laughs> st louis yeah. has a lot of pieces um yeah. as, as you mentioned ryan they, they they brought in a lot of guys that have experience at different teams um it might take a while for that to gel but they have enough guys They have enough different ways that you can attack that uh, they can you know change the game you know an hour in um and Preki can just terrify his his players to perform um and louisville i mean i've I don't know. <laughs> like, they they lost some big names for their team, um, but I think they still they the fans want to treat this like St. Louis is the the little brother that they can just ignore while they're focused on their actual rivalry with Cincinnati. But I don't know if the players are going to react the same way. But I think they might have a chip on their shoulder, you know, because everybody dropped their expectations for Louisville after they lost Aiden Quinn and Kadim Dakers. Um, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't know uh three three wow. wow
2: that's going
0: um so it's funny i i pulled up uh we did a thing um do we all do a thing yeah we all did a thing look at that we're all there uh we all did a thing with the uh, with the with, uh, with pony out in the west with the west coast he, he writes for uh indomitable city yeah i see us um and uh, so we all did a thing where we picked what is that six teams each. And uh, matter of fact, St. Louis and Louisville is uh, the first team. Brendan versus Team Ryan. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I found it. So I just thought it was interesting. That being said, yeah, uh, this is a tough one. Um, I like St. Louis. Uh, I, I I'm not happy they're back in the East only because it makes the whole conference that much better. Um and at the at the same time, like I, I think you're dead on, Brendan, about Dakers and Quinn leaving Louisville City has to leave them vulnerable. I'm gonna say just because I want the, the extra points if it happens, um St. Louis three to two over Louisville. Um yeah. Oh good. Okay, next one. Uh, the way it worked out this year in USL apparently is you could either take a interconference, so like you know East versus West kind of thing, or you get a third game against another team in your conference. Uh, Toronto FC took the first option and they will play Phoenix, <laughs> um, which will be interesting. If well, not only least of because, which
1: because the Phoenix Stadium isn't. On, isn't finished yet.
0: Stealing <laughs> my sentences, damn it! Uh, yeah, no, the pop-up stadium, uh, it, as it's called, where it's uh, it's currently spelling just Riz. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so like we know nothing about. Uh, well, Toronto works <laughs> a little bit like Red Bull, right?
1: Uh, kind of? Yeah, I, I think they're just not as ruthless because there's a lot of guys who have been in various mm. development. Schemas around the Toronto area. So you get guys who are still kind of on their development track at age 24. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of run the gamut so far for Toronto, but they they continue the trend of signing MLS draft picks. They did that yeah. again this year. Yeah. Um,
0: and then Phoenix a- is a weird one because they're making a lot of noise out west with some smart enough signings, Sean Wright Phillips being one of them. Omar Bravo. Um, yeah, Omar yeah. Bravo, the biggest one. Um, does anyone want to just say who they got now so I can piggyback off of that? Uh, we can be wrong together.
1: 4 nothing,
0: Phoenix. <laughs> okay.
1: Can, do, do I get four bonus nothing. points for saying Omar Bravo hat trick? <laughs> uh,
0: I'll allow it.
2: I'm going to have to agree with Brennan on that. I'll do 3 nothing, Phoenix, but... It, this is going to be one of the longest road trips of the year, and I don't think Toronto would be ready. Or It's going to be the, probably the biggest temperature change between Ontario <laughs> to Arizona for just a swing of one match. Yeah, so maybe. I'll have to go with Phoenix winning 3-0. Um,
0: I think Phoenix loses their minds and puts up five, <laughs> and I think Sean Wright Phillips has three of them. So, so I'll go 5-0 Phoenix. Um, this is basically also just us really liking Kyle Kepner. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, Sean, Sean Wright Phillips, uh, even though he hasn't played for Red Bull in like five years, um, makes a, a hell of an impact for Phoenix and, and puts up three. This
1: is the first time he's going to have to step out from behind his brother's shadow uh, and try kind, to claim for himself in Phoenix. Yeah
0: uh yeah that's interesting um tampa and orlando city be in the uh battle of Florida
1: i mean i don't Florida. think anybody i don't think anybody is picking orlando in this
0: no there's no way
1: no like Tampa could probably play their reserves and um'
0: It'd be close. put out a
1: second choice um Tampa bay. Brought back a lot of the team they had last year in the NASL, and then they added um, extra pieces in defense. They added added
0: some of the biggest signings in USL history.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they also, I mean, even at goalkeeper, they had they had a USL quality starter, and they brought in a second USL quality starter. Um, And that's kind of what they've done. Um, They've let some guys go, but they brought in guys who are equal or greater talent. Uh, so they've only improved on a team that competed in the NASL last year. And then there's Orlando. I mean, Tampa's got this 3 nothing.
2: Yeah, Brennan, there's a reason why you picked them first in our team draft, after they're going <laughs> to be a dangerous team in, in the Eastern Conference, and I think this is a good match to see where they measure up, especially since Orlando was the eighth seed in the East for the playoffs last year, to see where they fall on. Performance, but I think they make a very big splash into the league and beat their in-state rivals uh, 2-1. The
0: funny thing, there's two funny things about, about Tampa Bay. Um, there's a lot of teams that talk about having depth at every position. Um, and I, I think for... For most of them, it's a, it's a true statement because depth, to me, just means, yeah, we could play either of those guys at that position and be like, okay. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies I think, almost have two legitimate USL starters in every position. Um, and then sometimes they go a little bit crazy on that. And they, like, sign, you know, uh, Marcel Schaefer from Wolfsburg. <laughs> or, like, um, you know, Deshawn Brown, who's going to win the Golden Boot this year uh, from China. Um and then, like Orlando City, who took their u s l club with them to m l s built them a nice new stadium, built their u s l team a nice stadium, and like but but like I don't know who's on there, they've literally made like no noise in the off season in terms of of player sightings, um not to say that I think they're gonna necessarily be a bad team um that was just a cover for Ryan picking them but uh, in the in the uh, season standings of course but uh, no i yeah i tampa bay you know when they signed Deshaun Brown i went they win the league um, and someone went oh because of Deshaun Brown i went i mean it doesn't hurt so yeah uh, all that say i mean is it's, it's tampa not like bay... Deshaun
1: Brown was the first player on their roster i mean right. they had a championship quality team and then you added Deshaun Brown like a cherry on top
0: Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got three one Tampa Bay. Um, I think somehow Orlando scores, but but it's uh, it's pretty much a bloodbath. I mean, uh, I don't want last... to call it for Orlando,
1: but somebody's yeah. got to be this year's FC Montreal and not win a game until June or July or whatever.
0: Uh, and then last but certainly not least, your um, poster children for disappointment, FC Cincinnati. Are in Charleston playing the light tubes, which is what I lovingly refer to the batteries logo as because if you squint, it looks like light tubes. Um, yeah, uh, like FC Cincinnati can be just as good as Tampa Bay and no one's going to talk about them because they're not Tampa Bay. Um, I think they, can, Kadeem, they, they I,
1: were last year's news,
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, and like they signed like really good USL guys and not like. Really good, like soccer guys, if that makes sense. That sounds terrible. The league's gonna get mad at me for saying that, but I'll take it. Uh, FC Cincinnati, two. I I don't think Charleston scores, so just two nil to to Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, I don't know if the like the grit and determination and that kind of, of motivational feeling or whatever that accounts for on the field. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be there for, for, for Charleston. That's a big reason why they were able to beat um, Cincinnati in the playoffs, is that Charleston had that belief. And I don't know if that belief is going to be their first game of the regular season. Right. right. Um, because, um, spoiler, the regular season doesn't matter much. But um,
0: <laughs> Not this early, <laughs> for sure, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm clearly saying that from a position of privilege where postseason is uh is a uh, uh, taken for granted but i think um
0: oh I, th- I thought you were also talking about like because rochester doesn't play the first week of the, regular <laughs> the first season, season right. it doesn't <laughs> matter well, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: the season doesn't really start until april
0: 1st but um <laughs> i'm glad that i'm at least involved in that joke
1: No, I think, uh, I mean, Charleston has the pieces. I was saying their praises earlier, but FC Cincinnati brought in guys who had two, three years of USL or NESL experience on top of a lot of guys they brought back who had already had that much experience. Um, It's going to be difficult to see or interesting to see if they can replace the goals that Sean Coley scored for them last year. I mean, that's a massive number. Um, If they can, um, they're going to take it, but I think it's going to be a 1-1. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I should I should mention it's funny because the last uh, the last two games we talked about uh, Tampa and, and uh, Orlando and then Phoenix and Toronto. I didn't tell you guys what the scores were for those games because they didn't play each other. Uh, <laughs> for uh, for Charleston and Cincinnati, however, they did play each other. Uh, Charleston won at home over Cincy one nothing. Uh, Cincinnati got a draw one one in Cincy, which that's impressive uh, for Charleston. And then Charleston beat him at home in the playoffs two one. Um, no, I don't think that's the shadiest that
1: Yeah, that playoff game was Cincy But no, I mean, mis-typed that. That's on me.
0: Oh uh, no, no, you're good.
1: Sorry. Ryan, how well do you think Cincy can handle first coat or first game under new head coach Alan Coach? Is his name Coach? <laughs> uh,
0: Ryan go with the with, uh, with the brothers. So it'd be Alan the, Coke. Yeah, Coke. Okay. Yeah. Coke. Mhm. Yeah, we got I got, I got well, I got a uh, I got a friendly correction on that one from Kyle. So Coke mm-hmm. Sorry, coach.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, Coach Coke.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, he Coke was obviously a very solid coach for the White Caps in the Western Conference. <laughs> getting them through the Western Conference final before falling mm-hmm. to Swope out there. But he came and halfway through the preseason after Cincinnati already signed a lot of their players so I'm curious how well they've adapted to their just tactics the way he wants to play the games and what I'm more getting at is Charleston has been shown to have Cincinnati's number as they had yeah. throughout last year getting two wins in their three encounters and one of them was in the playoffs in Cincinnati mm-hmm. And when playing, and when Cincinnati's playing Charleston, they've been shown to struggle against teams that are very well defensive-minded, especially when Charleston's yeah. playing at home. They've been shown to be one of the most unbeatable teams in the league itself. As I mean, they got a 1-0 victory against Cincinnati last year in their home and season opener. So I'm going to go with a Charleston 2-1 victory.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Um, I think that kind of... For me, it showed John Hark's is inexperience as a coach. When he went up against teams that knew what they were doing, he couldn't get results. When he went mm-hmm. up against Charleston and we went, here, we went up against Rochester, teams who had a plan, they had um, a formation, they knew how they wanted to play, and they could execute that game plan. Uh, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't impress me much if, uh, since he throws up five goals on a bad team if they can't beat a good team on the road. Um, so maybe... If uh, Coach Coke has some more actual mm-hmm. coaching experience than John Harks did at the beginning of last year, that might actually fare a little bit better for them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Just
0: think... uh, you got it.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I was just gonna say I think it's hard to replicate what or what happened with Vancouver so late in the preseason when he came when they were already in Florida getting ready to start their preseason. So I just think Charleston, with all these returning players and we keep talking about them, um, they'll have Cincinnati's number once more this year.
0: Yeah. Um, Also, the whole thing about, like, you know, um, defensive minded Charleston, blah, blah, blah. Um, Cincinnati didn't have Aiden Quinn and, and Kadim Dakers on their team last year, <laughs> and like now they do. And I know they lost Sean Colley, but like they literally didn't really lose anybody else. So right. um, if part of the plan for FC Cincinnati was like let's just buy everyone so we can hopefully make it past like <laughs> you know those second round in the playoffs, it's uh, they they did it, um, and we're not going to see if it worked or not until they make the playoffs. But uh, yeah. Um, so before we get out of here, uh, Brendan and I don't have teams to to watch next week, and uh, Ryan, it looks like you picked a fair bit of games for yourself to watch. Um, so I'm let's try, to try and just go. Oh, I mean, you know, we can whatever. We'll talk about it. Um, let's all just kind of kind of think about. Uh, actually, let's just do it this way. Let's uh, let's just give everybody a game of the week. I don't know who wants to start there, but yeah. There's a. I, I mean, think it's, there's a couple of good ones, for sure.
1: My vote would be Charleston-Cincinnati, because any game that has an MLS2 team, you're, you're not going to really know what the product on the field is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of a question mark throughout the whole season, but especially in the beginning of the season, they haven't really figured out what their starting lineup um, Charleston and Cincinnati are both returning a lot of players. Um, they both know how to play in this league. Um, they both have coaches who have been successful in this league. I think that's got to be it. Yeah.
0: Saturday at 7, by the way. These are all up on the, the USL YouTube page. They're actually up there now. Um, so what you can do, which is kind of nice, is set a reminder for it, and then it'll it'll notify you.
1: Um, or you could just keep the tab open on your web browser for the next week.
0: Or do that if you're really excited for it. <laughs> Watch the um, countdown have the ball. Yeah, drop yeah. Until... <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Just leave that one open. Leads into that. Uh, the match I'm going to
2: choose is going to be Louisville St. Louis. So I think that's going to be enough, or probably the second best match in the Eastern Conference behind Charleston Cincinnati. And it also keeps my streak going of watching the season opener for the USL for two years in a row after your Bethlehem Steel played FC Montreal last year. I think that's going to be a really good match to kick off the season.
0: In which Fabian Herbers scored the first ever goal for Bethlehem Steel 2.0. Um, now currently the, uh, the Union's tied eighth all-time assist leader. Don't think about it too hard. You'll kind of freak out a little bit. Um, yeah. The joke is, wait, he's only the it, in the second year. One. How did that happen? Yeah. Is it one? <laughs> so, uh oh, boy. So he had seven last year. Okay. I think he's good for another two this year. Sounds right. One or two. So he's at like eight or nine. Um. Anyway, that being said, uh, if you're a night owl like myself, and you also like watching USL make some history, nine thirty. Phoenix plays Toronto FC2 in the first ever Eastern Conference side of things. I don't know when Sacramento plays um, their first game, because I think that one's also cross-conference, right? Something like that. Um, anyway, if you like watching USL history, Phoenix versus Toronto FC2 in the first ever uh, USL cross-conference game. Um, also get to see Omar Bravo play for USL as well as Sean Wright Phillips suit up for the first time in over a year, probably. Um, Toronto <laughs> FC 2 might be terrible, but like Phoenix is going to be really fun to watch. And they have a nice logo and I like uh, their jerseys. There you go. That's all you need. They're going to be mad decent. There. Watch the game. Oh, you'll get there the it is. There it is. <laughs> There's a joke. Oh, man. Uh, that being said, gentlemen, we are all set. Um... Brendan, where can really sad Duke fans want to find you if they would like to talk about their team just getting eliminated?
1: Um, I don't know what that is, but anybody can talk to me on Twitter (laughs) at uh, DohertySoccer, D-O-E-T-R-T-Y Soccer. Soccer.
0: Um, Ryan, if I wanted to know where to follow you on Twitter, um, and if I also... Hmm. This is bad. I'm running out of leads for your bits. Um, you should, if I have also you should have saved to... the basketball
1: one for him because I don't know what's going on.
0: I should have. If I also wanted to figure out where Eastern Carolina <laughs> University would be flying back from after they lose in whatever, the American Conference Championship Tournament, where would I do that?
2: That'd be Pitt Greenville Airport at PTV, but... Ah, that's not the one I
0: wanted. <laughs> if they had to pick a major city on which to do that in.
2: Raleigh Durham, RDU. All right, uh,
0: if I wanted Uh, to follow you on Twitter, but also um, (laughs) learn the airport abbreviation for the one that you've been saying for 10 weeks in a row, where would I do that? Uh,
2: You can find me on Twitter at ILM underscore Ryan, and with ILM being the airport abbreviation code for Wilmington, where UNCW probably flew out of when they went to the NCAA tournament against Virginia.
0: (laughs) I forgot they were. All right. Wilmington, North Carolina, not not the other one. Uh, be, before I give away all of Ryan's residential information, um, <laughs> you can find me uh, on on Twitter uh, at Valella which is which is Vias and Victor I L L E L L A. It's my last name, uh, and then BSFC, which is for the team that I write about. Um, also, you can find the three of us. I don't think we talk about this enough. We all actually do, like, writing things where we put words down on a computer screen and then have them submitted and people put them on the internet, which is crazy because they still do it after all this time. Uh, <laughs> I'm over at Brotherly Game. Uh, Brendan is over at the Bent Muskets, And Ryan writes for, uh, what do you got, Indomitable City Soccer, right?
2: Correct. HR I just think it was
0: ICS, so um yeah hi guys uh Gene's out there as well brendan i don't know wait yes i do uh oh oh man i had it and i lost it
1: yeah oh, i, mean, I um, lost it thinking, now. but <laughs> i was
0: trying to think of your managing editor over there
1: um,
0: jake cadenese is that who I'm, who I'm trying to think of
1: yeah jake handles most of that
0: yeah jake i got it i win uh, anyway, uh, this has been episode 12 of Eastern Conference Confidential, which is your parents' favorite podcast about the Eastern Conference of USL <laughs> because it's your parents' only way to get a podcast about the Eastern Conference of USL. Uh, we'll see you guys next week when we actually get to talk about scores and stuff. I'm really excited. That's really when this starts getting interesting. Uh, so for Brendan, for Ryan, uh, this is Evan Law, and we'll see you guys next week.